Everybody, welcome to a medic's mind. This is uh, kind of a unique one for me because I'm doing not only a audio podcast but a video one as well. So this is the first sort of real kind of uh, video podcast that I'm doing. You can find it on my YouTube channel if you head over to YouTube and search for a medic's mind. If you would prefer to watch it, uh, or if you just want to listen along on any of your uh, podcast hosting platforms, please feel free to do that. Thank you guys uh, for being here. Um, yeah, figured I'd come to you guys and talk. Okay, the reason that I've been a little delayed this week is because uh, I don't know if you guys know this, depending on where you are geographically, but uh, if you are anywhere in Canada, you'll know that uh, British Columbia is just getting pestered and pelted with insane, ungodly heat right now. Uh, for my American friends, we're we're consistently hovering around 108 to 110 degrees Fahrenheit every day. Even into the evening, it maybe cools down by about 20 degrees, but that, and that's, that's being generous. I would say it cools down by about 15, 10, 15 degrees, which doesn't feel all that much considering how hot everything is throughout the day. So it's been a little tough to sit in my podcasting room, uh, surrounded by acoustic foam and, uh, and, and green screens and things like that, and to sit down and try and record. So, uh, but I wanted to, because, um, well, I want to be more consistent. Like I said, uh, last week or, uh, you know, last episode, uh, so this is just a talking episode. I just had some things that I wanted to talk about. And uh, the reason that I started thinking about um, the the topic on, on this podcast, which is uh, dark humor, uh, the reason I started thinking about that is because uh, on social media, I follow a lot of um, first responder and uh, health-related uh, accounts. And uh, there's a couple of nursing accounts that I follow. There's a couple of paramedic accounts that I follow. Uh, there's one called paramedic memes and, uh, then there's one just called medic memes and they are hilarious. Oh my God. The stuff that comes out of these guys accounts, man, is so funny and it's definitely niche related. I mean, you have to kind of be working in that field to really get it, but, uh, you know, it, it's funny. And, um, and you know, I, sh- I show some of it to my girlfriend stuff that I think she might be able to understand. And I get a chuckle here and there, but for the most part, it's kind of just me sitting on the couch laughing like an idiot to myself. And, um, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, that I wanted to talk about. So, uh, I'm going to try and survive the heat and, uh, talk to you guys a little bit today about, about that stuff. Uh, speaking of surviving the heat, man, I'm so glad that I'm not working right now. If I'm like not back on the road, being an ambulance, uh, being on the ambulance or being a paramedic, I'm so glad, man, that I'm not doing any of that because, I remember, man, I remember some hot summers back in the city and, uh, we wore, so our service, we wore ballistic vests. Every paramedic, uh, wore either an internal or external ballistic vest. When I first got hired on, it was just, uh, demanded that we wear internal ballistic vests, meaning it goes underneath your shirt, your uniform shirt. 
Uh, it wasn't until like the tail end, like right as I was leaving, that they allowed paramedics to buy external carriers and wear the external vests and thusly choose when they wanted to wear the vest on, on whichever call was applicable as opposed to just having to wear it all the time. But uh, when I was working in, in the thick of my career, uh, it was it was mandatory that we wore them, plus they were internal, so it was underneath our shirt. And there were some crazy, crazy hot summers back in the city as well where I was working, and, um, and we would take ice packs from the back of the ambulance, and we'd crazy, there were the little crack ones, you know, crack them and then shake them up and they'd become cold. We would take those, the disposable ones, and we'd just shove them down our, our, our ballistic, uh, in between our, 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 uh, shirt and, uh, the ballistic carrier to try and stay cool. So sometimes you'd go to calls and you're sitting there and, uh, it would slide down a little bit and land right at your stomach. So it kind of looked like you had like this pooch, uh, this weird like ball of fat in your, in your uniform shirt cause your shirt's tucked in. So it kind of, it kind of looked a little bit amusing, uh, but sometimes you didn't have time to, uh, to rip the ice pack out or you couldn't reach it without taking your uniform shirt off. And yeah, it was, it was a pain in the ass, man. It was a real big pain, but, um, Hey, you got to do what you got to do to stay cool out there. Speaking of, if you are one of the unlucky ones that uh, are out there serving the community and working right now, please, please, please stay safe and, uh, stay as cool as you possibly can. Much easier said than done. I know. Um, and to my military guys, man, those road trips that you had to do to go on field exercises and stuff. Uh, the LSVWs, the, the light service vehicles, uh, we the ambulances. I don't think I ever had an ambulance when I was in the military. I don't think I ever had an ambulance that had functioning AC. I had stuff that you, like you could turn the AC on and then it would just kind of wail at you and be like, no, and then you'd have to turn it off because it was so loud. I had that, but I never had functional AC. So uh, those road trips got a little, got a little crazy. Uh, those were not fun, but uh, well, they were, they're fun in retrospect. They were fun at the time. Um, yeah. So going back to, uh, the, the social media side of things, uh, a couple of the accounts that I follow, like I said, they, they're absolutely hilarious. Medic memes is probably one of my favorites. If you head over to Instagram, you look for, uh, medic memes. Uh, there's one, there's ICU nurses only, I think is another one. Uh, his, his account is, is absolutely fall down funny. Um, and it got me to thinking, uh, the, you know, the term dark humor is used quite a bit with respect to being a first responder or, uh, working in the high stress, high capacity or high acuity, um, medical fields, like an emergency room doctor or ICU nurse and, uh, and things of that ilk. And it got me thinking, um, you know, and this may seem somewhat superfluous, but I mean, I think the reason that that exists, the reason that, uh, we do have that kind of humor is uh is because you need it to survive it adds levity to really deeply sad and and traumatizing events and uh and you know you may hear this if you're not a first responder you may hear this and go well yeah no no shit sherlock of course you you go through some terrible stuff and you add some humor to it of course but it's it goes beyond that because it's hard to shut it off if you know what i mean and it's hard to know when to to use it you know they say know your audience um, there's a meme that I saw recently that contextualizes this perfectly. And it is that, uh, it shows a, a veteran, a military guy, and, uh, he's at a party and in the first frame, he's just sitting there kind of looks like he's talking. And it says, when you're at a civilian party and you're telling a really funny story, 
and you don't know how deeply traumatizing it is until you see all the civilian faces. And then in the next frame, it shows all these like shocked and aghast civilians looking at this guy like he's a monster. And uh, and that can be the case. You know, I can be relaying something that I found hilarious when I was on scene and people are looking at me going, I don't understand. Why is that? Did the guy die? Why is that funny? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Probably one of the most classic examples of this is uh, we once responded to a call. It was in the afternoon. We responded to a call for a man who was said to be short of breath. And on the way to the call, we got an update saying that the man had collapsed and was no longer breathing. And uh, so we we get another ambulance rolling with us and we have uh, fire and uh, and uh, other responders coming as well. I think a supervisor was coming as well. And we show up to the apartment and uh, they say buzz number two to get in. We said, okay, so we go into the apartment. I'm looking at the buzzers and I, I find buzzer number two. And uh, the name on buzzer number two is Deeth. That's D apostrophe. E-A-T-H, death or death. We were responding for death. And I, I said to my partner, I was like, hey, uh, Samara, you want to you wanna just take a look at this for a second? I, pre- I didn't wait. I didn't delay pressing the buzzer. I pressed the buzzer. But I was like, hey, Samara, you want to take a look at this for a second? She looks over and she goes, there's no fucking way. And I was like, yeah. She's like, no, there's no fucking way. I was like, that's real. That's right there. So <laughs> we take a picture of the buzzer just to show our cohorts. Uh, actually, I can't say that. We may have taken a picture to show our cohorts. Nobody else didn't go online. Didn't get it. We may have. I can't say whether or not we did. But anyway, regardless of that, it was funny, man. Just the, like the irony of it is what we found amusing. Uh, obviously the fact that there was, that we we're responding to a potential dead person was not funny and none of us laugh at that. It's just not a thing. Um, some other examples of this that I can pull from, from memory and from experiences, uh, we got called to the university, um, downtown just South of the river, one of the major universities in, in town. And, um, it was for an 18 year old who had collapsed in class and, uh, on the way there, fire, uh, had a station really close by. So they arrived first and they relayed an update to us saying, yeah, he's, uh, alert and talking, maybe just had a, a bit of a syncope, which is passing out, fainting. And so we thought, okay, and uh, we pull up on scene and we grab uh, we grab our equipment that we think we might need and we kind of walk in and uh, as we're walking, we see a bunch of kids out in the hallway, university age kids out in the hallway and they're kind of looking at us and they, you know, they're deeply concerned, but we we assume, you know what, hey, they probably, they're not used to seeing people pass out and to see somebody pass out and you're not used to it, it's kind of a jarring experience. Uh, sometimes it looks like they're seizing when they're not. It's just the body's way of, of just hitting a big, deep internal reset. Um, and, and it can be kind of jarring to watch. And so anyway, um, we, we show up and we walk into the classroom as we walk into the classroom, we see firefighters doing CPR on this guy. They're doing compressions on this kid. And we're like, Whoa, what happened? And they're like, we don't know. He was up, he was talking to us and then he just passed right out. Now he doesn't have no pulse. So I, uh, I dropped my gear down. Uh, my partner's going to stay on scene. I'm going to run out to the truck, grab the uh, spine board and stretcher and uh, come back in. And so I'm, I'm coming back in with the spinal stuff and uh, they're working on him. We uh, get him up, take him off to the hospital 
and hand them off to the ER docs and I'm, I'm cleaning up the, the ambulance and, uh, and then uh, my partner comes out after having, you know, handed in the paperwork and yada, yada, yada. And he says, uh, unfortunately, the kid didn't make it. And he said, oh, it's, that's crappy, man. He was 18. That sucks, right? It's nothing, there's nothing funny about this, right? And uh, and we're sitting in the truck and he goes, do you want to know what the doc said? And I was like, oh, shit, yeah. Like, did we do something wrong? Like, what happened? And he said, once the doc called it, he turns to everybody and goes, Jesus Christ. Some people do anything to get out of a fucking test. <laughs> now that's terrible, right? It's terrible. But it's when you contextualize what has just happened and what this doctor is likely doing, right? He's trying to add some levity to a situation where levity does not exist, where 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 there's no humor, where there's no buoyancy to to the scene. It's terrible. They just lost, we just lost. An 18-year-old kid, uh, you know, somebody in, the, in the, the the precipice of adulthood, and they and and now they don't get to experience that. Uh, and all he did was wake up and go to school that day. And so, no, there's nothing funny there. Nobody finds anything funny about that. But that joke itself is kind of amusing when you think, oh, it's a university kid. He didn't want to do a test. Ah, of course. So it's very dark humor, but very subjective humor. And it is not humor that works well. It's not, you can't stand on a stage with a brick background and a microphone in your hand and tell the story and have people go, ha, 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 because they're not going to, I promise you, because I've told this story a number of times to multiple different audiences and I get different reactions each time. When I tell it to my uh, compatriots and to people of my ilk and people who have been in first response or in the military, they chuckle and laugh, right? They, Obviously, they find it sad that we that there's an 18 year old kid that lost his life for whatever reason. Uh, but when you tell it at you know a civilian function where nobody's ever done anything like this, most of their their work is like in an office or you know in a garage or whatever the case may be, whether it's blue collar or white collar, and you tell a story, they don't quite get the humor because they don't need that kind of humor in their life. And I think the biggest thing with being a first responder or being in a high acuity field. Uh, you need that humor. I think if you were to speak to um, deep water divers, deep water clearance divers, they probably have their own crazy humor that that doesn't relate well to a lot of people outside of that genre. And uh, and they have to have levity as well because what they do is deeply dangerous. I mean, it's one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. So there's probably a way to combat the stress and that's that's really obscure humor. Uh, humor is one of those things that obviously is very subjective. There's no real objective marker for it. Of course, there are things that we can, uh, point to and say, oh, it's universally funny to a degree, right? To a, to a degree, maybe in the Western world is universally funny, but you take it anywhere outside of the Western world and they're like, what the, what, what is, what, what is this? And vice versa. When you look at something from the East and it's universally funny out there and it comes here we're like, I don't understand. Why is he kicking an elephant? I don't get why is it happening? You know, it's, it's very subjective. It's not. Uh, humor is, is a very subjective thing. So, uh, I can tell you why I used humor and how I grew into it. I never purposely started using dark. I did. It's not like I woke up one day and said, I'm going to use dark humor today. Um, it's something that evolves, something that just kind of happens within you. The more time you spend in, uh, some, some kind of less than ideal situations. Um, uh, it's something that you just, you grow accustomed to, um, and it's to combat the sadness. It's to kind of combat the 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 badness that's kind of happening around you. And um, 
and you know and and that is and that is what it is i mean there's there's no there's no other way to do it i don't think i don't think that you can be in this profession and not have uh a bit of dark humor about you because you have to add levity to to what you do because each and every day you're going to somebody's worst day and that's just the reality and the nature of the job and as such you're going to need some coping mechanisms and a lot of those coping mechanisms end up at a bar um, and they end up in, in other nefarious places. And uh, not that a bar is nefarious in and of itself, but I think you know what I mean, where I was going with it. And uh, and so, you know, when, when you can't just clock out of shift and go to the bar right away or go do whatever your coping mechanism is going to be, you know, and you don't want to really show truly how you're feeling emotion wise, you know, to your, to your cohorts, to your comrades, to comrades. Uh, you can, you come up with other stuff, you come up with dark humor and because it's something that they can, you know, if they laugh with you, then you're, you're connecting on that level. And then you start to feel a little more normal, a little more even keel again, at least that's the way it was for me using that kind of humor helped to combat the, the deeply atrocious thing that we had just been to and help me come back to some sort of equilibrium and then thusly be able to respond to the next call. And so I think these accounts that I'm talking about, these social media accounts, they're very funny. Uh, they're very subjectively funny. But I, I sometimes see when you go through the comment section, you sometimes see people going, this is this is not funny. This is abhorrent. There's nothing funny about that at all. Uh, one of the classic examples uh, of this is um, back in, I believe it was in Manchester, when there was uh, a bombing at an Ariana Grande concert. Um, there's nothing funny about it. People lost their lives and people were injured and people were maimed and it was not funny in any way whatsoever. Um, but in the comments section, one individual wrote, uh, you know, this is a tragic event, uh, but the news isn't doing its job. I want to know how big the explosion was. Was it small? Was it medium? Or was it grande? And uh, and that statement by itself is funny. It's 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 he and again he got lit up right people jumped on they're like you're a monster how do you say this people died do you think that's funny he says no i don't think that's funny at all but what i said is hilarious and i was like yes yeah, that's a, it's true what he said is funny and uh and and that's just that's just it right it's uh it's adding levity to something that really in at that time has no levity to it Everyone knows it's serious. Everyone knows that it's bad and nobody's reveling in it, right? Using dark humor doesn't mean you're reveling in somebody else's misery. It kind of just means that you're trying to navigate your own within it. And when you're in a position such as being a first responder, uh, knowing that you have a shift left to to navigate, um, sometimes the terrible thing happens right at the beginning of your shift. And that means you have 12 to 14 to 15 hours left in the day of work ahead of you. And so what do you do? Well, you got to find a way to cope. You got to find a way to... Um, to, to navigate that. And sometimes dark humor is the way it's the only way I think. And it does leave us with a bit of a skewed, uh, sense of humor and uh, a bit of a warped sense of humor. And people are like, what the heck is this? What is wrong with these people? And I, I mean, I always said that too, on the way to calls, when, whether I was driving or whether I was in the passenger seat, I was attending, I would always say, man, I'm glad they don't record cockpit conversations. Cause if they did, nobody would ever call an ambulance again. And I stand by that statement. I don't think anybody would ever call an ambulance if they knew the stuff we said to one another. Um, you know, but it's, it happens. It happens. Right. Um, another example that I could pull from anecdote, uh, this isn't really dark humor, but this is just, I don't know if you've ever had the giggles when you've been on, uh, on a call or in an inappropriate situation, 
the giggles just come to you. There's nothing. It just happens. Uh, well, this happened to me. We had a student with us. Uh, it was me and my uh, my friend. Uh, I'm gonna call him Maverick for the story, uh, just because you know I don't want to use his real name. I don't have permission to. So we're just gonna call him Maverick Mav. And uh, so Mav and I are working together, and we had a student, and we go to a fairly benign call, no lights, no sirens. It was for an elderly woman who's complaining of some non-traumatic neck pain. And so we show up on scene, nice house, well-kept, uh, you know, all the pills are neatly uh, arranged on the coffee table for us, or the pic- the, uh, the um, kitchen table, sorry. And in the living room, uh, sitting on a nice, comfy rocker chair is, um, is, is our patient, uh, elderly woman. So my student goes down and kneels down, starts doing all the things that she's supposed to be doing, you know, assessing the patient, conversing, showing empathy, doing, doing a great job, right? And I look down at the footstool in front of the patient and I see an electric massager gun, right? But uh, at the, there's like the, the, the attachment on the end of it was very suggestive looking, um, if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> it, was, it was a very unique shape. And, uh, when you, when you press the trigger is blah, 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 up. Yeah. So anyway, I, uh, I, uh, I go, Hey, Mav, Psst, Maverick. Hey, and he looks over at me and I hold it up and I, I press the button and it goes, blah, 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 blah. and he kind of starts chuckling a little bit. Cause he knows what I'm saying. He knows where my mind's at. He's, he's in the same place. And the old lady goes, Oh, that I don't even use that anymore. I need something that really pounds, you know? <laughs> to this day to this day it kills me it kills me and maverick turns around and he is he's got tears just forming and he is howling and he's got one of the world's most contagious laughs and so when i hear him giggling over in the living room or in the kitchen and I'm in the living room, I start giggling. And now the student's looking at me because she's like, oh, am I doing something wrong? And then the patient's looking at me going, are you fucking mentally retarded? And like, I can't. Ah, so we devolved into laughter. Now, the way this relates is nothing about this lady's situation is funny. I don't think it's funny that she has neck pain. Uh, I'm not laughing at her. It's just something that happens sometimes, right? And uh, and we laugh, uh, you know, because we don't get a lot of time to laugh on our job. There's not a lot of laughs to be had at at most times. When you're at the station, you can find some some good laughs between your cohorts that aren't necessarily to do with just dark humor. But dark humor is a way I think it's our life raft, man. I think it gets us from the beginning of shift to the end of shift, and I think that it gets us from home back to shift again. I think that. Um, uh, having that ability to, to add some levity into the otherwise bleak nature of what we do is essential. And, uh, and so I would say, if I'm trying to say anything in this podcast, I would try to say, try not to judge so much what somebody finds funny and what somebody doesn't, whether they're first responders or not, try not to judge it. You know, if you don't find it funny, you don't have to, you don't have to find it funny. You don't have to laugh at it. You don't even have to agree with it. You can just, you know accept it for what it is, understand that it's there and that there's some crazy person laughing at it and move on. And I think that's all we can do. But if you are of the uh, somewhat more perverse and uh, twisted mindset and you would like to check out some of these uh, funny things, head over to Instagram.com and look for ICU nurses or uh, medic memes. Check those two accounts out. You will not regret it. They are very funny. And uh, yeah, it's very amusing. So 
yeah, dark humor. It's a way to survive. Um, just going to check my, check my show note here. If there's anything else that I wanted to touch on. No, that's pretty much it. The dark humor, man. I kind of wanted to contextualize. I'm not justifying it. I'm contextualizing it. There's a big difference. Um, a, a huge difference between justifying and contextualization. Um, I, not necessarily that I think uh, dark humor needs to be justified at all. I think it's uh, I think it's a fine way of coping. I think that uh, everyone needs a way of coping and everyone needs a way of doing things. So who are we to judge? And uh, I think that's one thing, uh, especially myself in my own personal growth, uh, I work on judging a lot less than what I may have otherwise used to do. So anyway, that's that. Uh, also, if you want to check out uh, my Instagram, that's Emetics Mind. Just head over to at Emetics Mind uh, on Instagram. And you can see some memes that I put up there, uh, some stuff that I find and uh, things that I uh, adapt to being memes. And uh, yeah, I'll continue to use dark humor because it does help uh, at times, but I'll just use humor in general as well because it's it's one of those things. Adding levity to situations that don't normally uh, have it uh, is, is a great way of navigating through it. That's, I think, the best thing I can say. Uh, anyway, guys, this has been Emetics Mind. Thanks for joining me. I believe this is episode 209. I will see you guys on the next one. Try and stay cool out there. And to those of you fighting fires right now all around the area, it's busy forest fire season. You guys, please stay safe. Thank you for everything that you do. Sincerely appreciate you men and women. It is, uh, it is beyond appreciated for what you guys do. Thank you so much. Anyway, be well, be safe. And above all else, keep talking to each other. See you next time. Journey with me Journey with me in the mind of a medic Cause that's my everyday